0: Like my parents went back and after 2-3 days I asked the matron that have you seen my parents and she says, uh, no, but I assume they've gone back home and they must have reached safely. Uh-huh. I said, okay, that's fine. Said, so she asked me, are you missing them? I said, no, no, I was just a bit worried, have they gone home or not? That's still around. they still around. <laughs> <I'm>
1: still around. <laughs> Radio Broadcast advises safety at all times, discusses underage riding, but celebrates the spirit of motorcycling. And how... This is Tango Charlie,
2: Green T515, coming to you, Green T. Good morning Tango Charlie, this is Easy Peter, Green T515, I'm ready
0: to roll. See you in 5 at the D&D Bay, over and out.
2: Episode Number 12, I'm Shandy And I'm Sunny, And we're back with another episode of the Biker Radio Broadcast Now this episode clearly falls in the heavyweight class The man in the saddle is a demigod of motorsport He has been the undisputed custodian And a founding member of the highest rally in the world The Raid de Himalayas This year is its 20th run And he's holding down the horses Come October and they'll be set loose once again In an epic battle between man, machine and And the mountain. A true son of the Himalayas with an illustrious father to match. He's a father. A son. A teacher. A guide. An entrepreneur. A rider. An artist. And the buck stops here, race director. This man is an enigma and our country is richer because he's ours. And Piker Radio Broadcast is proud beyond composure to host the legend and chat up with him. Please welcome
1: on the long way home, Vijay Parmar.
2: Cheers.
0: It's cheers, awesome.
2: you, cheers cheers. <coughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. brings it out. So Vijay Parmar, I hope you're enjoying the lassi. Welcome to the Biker Radio broadcast. Welcome to the Long Way Home. Oh, thank you. We're so happy that we've been able to kidnap you yeah, well, here in Delhi. Uh,
0: thanks to Samar, of course. So yeah. yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: so we had been after him for a while. And he said, next time Vijay is here, Trigun mentioned very clearly, he said, he Vijay says baat And then he said, you must go to... Uh, Jaipur. So he put us on to... Uh, There's
0: another young Vijay there.
1: Yeah, so we have had a chat with him. You have? Yeah. One of our episodes uh, is on already.
2: We've but got Gattu who got him.
0: Yeah. Okay, what does he say? All
2: roads lead to Shibla. Yeah. <laughs> he also had a name, right? For him? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bhavarsingh. <laughs> 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 No, he, he said, don't tell him who <laughs> said, ask ask him. How the moment gone. you would have said that, I would have, known who said it. <laughs> <Then> this <laughs> is what he's done. So this is
0: <laughs> what <laughs> So you said Mohr Singh is, you know him Fortunately, as... Fortunately, you dad. didn't get John uh, before he went. Yeah. John yeah. Singh.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. He's the guy who actually brought up all these youngsters. You knew him he, personally? Yeah, of course. Of course. Over, um, I think, many, many years, first time I think I met him was... Um, Seventy-seven, okay, nineteen seventy-seven. He had, um, or thereabouts. He had brought along that first uh, Jaipur Motorcycle Club. Yeah, Mm. he started JMC. Yeah, and and, um, it was his uh, sole passion uh, for motorcycling. And of course, he was over the years. He had lots and lots of motorcycles and experiences. Right. Amongst other things, so he he did so many other things also. In addition to. He did so many other things, including the revival of some music. Music and uh, Anokhi with that. In fact, he was particularly fond of uh, keeping the Morchang tradition alive. Okay. So. Okay, so. He supported a lot of these guys, like Tuge Khan, and. Yeah. Uh You know, there are are lots of them who have traveled abroad. Right. The Manganias. many many times, basically the Manganiya. So these are the famous ones, and um, I think Kutle Khan and Chuge Khan are the famous ones. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he supported that a lot. Yes. Then of course he's you know along with his wife Rana Noki, right, which is another uh, amazing scene, which is what they actually have in common with uh, uh, Vijay, Vijay Singh's family also. Yeah, because the. The real biker in that family now is Vijay, but actually right. it isn't. It's his father. Yeah. Right. Tanja, yeah. Who so. right now is... Um, he just threw his Triumph uh, Tiger onto a trailer and he's on his way to Kaza as we speak. Yeah, he, I know. So, he's spending a month there just riding around out there. I
2: know he's getting ready preparing, for... The preparing
0: big <laughs> for the raid because uh, he's been really unlucky with the raid. Mm. In the sense that he's never even been able to turn up at the start line. Really? No, well, once he crashed, he broke his ribs, and then uh, second time he um, he couldn't handle the high altitude on the recce so he okay. sensibly decided not to take part. Okay. And um, he's he's uh, <coughs> he's a few years younger than I am, just okay, about three four years younger, but um, still very much with it.
2: The Biker Radio Broadcast Listen Connect Ride right on So where were you born?
0: <clears throat> I was born in Chimla At that time it was known as Simla Simla which is how we still call it yeah? yeah So I was born in Simla At the Walker Hospital Which okay. was uh, The military hospital Another 4G kid? Absolutely Air Force kid the Air Force okay. kid? Yep So my dad was in the Air Force He was a fighter pilot And uh, at that okay. time You had the Western Command In Simla. So okay. he was posted there Yeah Okay so, so, where is the family originally from? Both sides, father and mother is originally from Nahan. Nahan? Yeah, Sarmoor State. Right. And subsequently, the grandparents migrated to Simla. Uh-huh. Long-drawn migration it was. Okay. It first uh, went to Lahore and then it went to Srinagar and then finally they came okay. back to Simla. And... Uh, there onwards, uh, we stayed in Simla.
1: Okay.
0: Though I was born there, I, since my dad was in the Air Force and kept getting posted all over the place, I didn't spend much time in Simla while growing up. Okay. Oh. Where were you growing up? Well, till six years old, I was all over the place. Basically, the airfields in Halwara and Adampur and Jodhpur and... Okay. The 65 war was in Jodhpur. Yes. Okay. So, I spent that while in a trench, go. yeah. You spent... Yeah, like a five-year-old kid running from the home into the trench Uh and then back again (laughs) into the home. Uh So, uh, at the age of six then I went to boarding school which was uh, Sanar Uh and uh, emerged from there at Uh sixteen and then joined uh, one of the more notable colleges in Delhi.
1: Okay. Any scars that you carried from uh, Sanar, the time at Sanar? <laughs> I don't know whether
0: I carried, because but some other, oh, okay. <laughs> some other people might have. Some other people might have. Because, uh, no, it's, uh, uh, Sanar is a, it's a, it's a great place, but it's a tough place to survive. Yeah. And um, since uh, I joined at 6 years old, I was from a Faji family. Uh-huh. So, waking up at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning to get ready for PT and then, you know, do a cross-country run and generally be brought up on uh, bad food and uh, <laughs> severe military training. Uh-huh. Yeah, it could be grueling to somebody who was, uh, you know, not probably spoiled at home. But you would I was not spoiled at home <laughs> at the age of 6 when I joined school. In fact, um, like my parents went back and after 2-3 days I asked the matron that have you seen my parents and she says, uh, no, but I assume they've gone back home and they must have reached safely. Uh-huh. I said, okay, that's fine. Said, so, she asked me, are you missing them? I said, no, no, I was just a bit worried, have they gone home or not? <laughs> 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 well, they <still> around. <laughs> so, Sanawa is the foundation of everything mm-hmm. that uh, one grew into. Mm-hmm. One of the compulsory things uh, that was there in Sana'a at that time, which is not there unfortunately today, was that you had to box. Whether oh, wow. you were weak or you were strong or you were uh, uh, so inclined or whether you were a sitar player or whatever, you had to box.
2: Okay. That's where you got those arms from? And
0: uh, yeah, a lot of that came from there. Oh. And uh, so I boxed through school and. Uh, I won through, my weight many through, times. Through
1: school? <laughs> oh, you won so your I won
0: weight. my weight, and then when I joined college in Delhi again, I was in the college boxing team, and there things were not so uh, fair huh. because uh, school was very, it was in splendid isolation, and right. a great amount of stuff was uh, based on the the Christian missionary ideas are right. fair and yeah, no, proper and absolutely. if you got into a fight with somebody who fought with that and it it, shook hands it, no it was it was with him only right. and now uh, when you get fight into a fight with anybody in the colony the whole colony appears right. behind him right. and uh, without even knowing anything but uh, that was also that that, that was uh, part of life mm-hmm. then when I joined college of course uh, so what college was this? Uh, when you say college there is only one college oh St. Stephen's? Yes. That's a ticket all Sloody the guys. That's a ticket all the guys who went across the road and, you know, other colleges. <laughs> but, but okay. yeah, it was St. Stephen's. Uh,
1: so, you must have some <laughs> equally famous batchmates because Stephen's is known to... Produce grow- uh,
0: lots of famous guys, yeah, but um, most of them joined, you know, the civil service and... Uh, they, some of them become really uh, famous lawyers and politicians and things like that. The whole batch is quite uh, illustrious that way. However, oh. of the lot, I don't think I can recollect more than two that ride motorcycles even now. Who's the other? The other is uh, a guy called Jahel from Chandigarh. Okay. So I would suspect that he would still be able to throw a leg of a motorcycle, not to say that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would prefer to go in his Mercedes or whatever. But Did he <laughs> box? <coughs> no, he didn't. He was from YPS, but he didn't box. Strangely enough, the the boxing team of Stevens is an anachronism. I mean, it's Mm. an oxymoron. Why the hell Mm. Uh, St. Stevens didn't produce any, uh, you know, they had a basketball team and um, there was uh, nothing violent and most of the guys went around in khadi kurtas and sat in a perfectly manicured lawn (laughs) lawn with roses on the side and, and, you know, like uh, construed uh, Wordsworth, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parman, 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 Parman And you're listening to the Biker Radio
3: Broadcast
0: What was daddy like? That was very cool uh, In the sense that uh, um, He he was decorated in uh, the 65 hour with the veer Chakra okay, He was okay, a okay. fabulous flyer wow. All right, And he wow. was an instructor And most of the guys probably who are now at the top uh-huh. Right. would have learned the flying under him. Oh. Right. And,
2: uh, What's his name?
0: D- his name uh, was Inderjit Singh Parmar. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, he left the Air Force at the rank of a wing commander. He took premature retirement from right. the Air Force. Okay. Uh, due to some medical issues which would probably have stopped him flying jets. Okay. So, he said if I can't fly then there's mm-hmm. no reason I don't to want to here. hang around yeah. the Air Force. And, uh, I think his last posting, which was in Bagdogra, okay. they there was an ad-scot in there. And of course, he had flown everything. As an instructor, you've got to be able to fly everything. Right. So he flew everything. And um, he was uh, extremely skilled at teaching people how to fly. Mm-hmm. Not very patient, but extremely good as an instructor. Okay. And uh, his last uh, few flights were out of Bagdobra, uh-huh. mm. which used to tell me that we used to take these nats, and the nat is an amazingly agile aircraft. Yes. Absolutely, single. So they used to aim for the base of the Kanchanjunga okay, mm. and hit the base, put it into a vertical climb, uh-huh. and climb till it ran out of power, literally. So which used to be well over forty thousand feet. Wow. Mm. So and, and straight that, up, and then well, straight up, and then and then then come back with this uh, Himalayan. Landscape. Can you
1: believe it? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and uh,
0: so he uh, he was also a uh, climber. He uh, climbed with Tenzing. Um, okay, some of the lesser peaks. And, uh, wow. I still have a Rolex watch which Tenzing gave him for that climb. Wow! What? Nice. So. Really? Yeah. So obviously uh, the the love of the outdoors and adventure and all Constantly. came. Came from him. Are
2: you a patient, man?
0: Fairly now, I have become, okay. and to that I must attribute the last three, four years. In, in terms of uh, teaching people, uh, you know, okay. I've become patient now, and uh, that's because since I started uh, tutoring people for the Triumph uh, okay. Training Academy, uh-huh. okay,
3: and uh, so so patience has been a good byproduct of that, right? The Biker Radio Broadcast.
2: Listen. Connect. Ride on. You're listening to Vijay Parmar, a legend of Indian motorcycling credited with the genesis of the Raid the Himalaya.
1: A spectacular, high-altitude, roughneck, mountain motorsport rally that is stunning beyond comparison.
2: I'm Shandy. And I'm Sunny. And Vijay Parmar is an inspiration to those who aspire for more.
1: Challenging everything that comes his way, he's witty and scathing
2: all in one draw. But he's fun and... He's awesome company. Or so we thought. We really don't know what he thinks about us. Well, when we met him, he was running behind schedule and had to catch lunch with a friend and head back to Shimla. 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 So the one thing that he did not have was time. But once you get talking, you know, time flies and we managed two hours of distilled insights. The problem actually started
1: when we decided to sit down and edit it to a one hour show
2: (laughs) there was just nothing that we could edit out
1: so you'll see what we mean when you get to the end of this episode
2: yeah don't worry
1: we're hoping you'll be asking for more because there's lots more where this came from
2: right now it's back on the saddle on the long way home with Vijay Parmar hi I'm
0: uh, Vijay Parmar 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 and you're listening to the long way home So, did the motorcycle figure uh, while you were growing up? The motorcycle figured very strongly while I was growing up, number one. Because you were in hostel, right? No, it figured before I went to hostel. Okay. Okay. So, actually, two wheels started figuring on two levels. When I was three, Hmm. my dad was posted in Jodhpur. Okay. And uh, what happened was that uh, we acquired a house to live in. Okay. Obviously, when you move to a new place, you are given temporary accommodation right. Right. and in that temporary accommodation much to my delight as a three year old was a small cycle All right, and it was a kiddie cycle which was not very popular at that time or not easily available and the previous owner had left it out there obviously children had outgrown it. Achso. So uh, we of course immediately commandeered that cycle and uh, I had a, a large uh, orderly called Madhusain. Uh-huh. whose duty it was to hold the seat from the back when I peddled okay. away. Okay. And um, after the regulation two weeks of uh, being supported by Madhu Singh, mm-hmm. one day my dad was driving into the house and he must have shouted out to him to open the gate, so he left the seat and went to open the gate and I okay. would continue to cycle on. Nice. And uh, it was only when I took the turn and I came back and I took the turn again and I saw Mother Singh <laughs> was at the <laughs> gate along with the car that I immediately crashed. Then I picked myself up and I realized that uh, I could do it on my own. So at the age of three, I wow. learned to cycle. And uh, it was also at the time where my uh, father owned a Triumph 750. So rides on that bike and uh, he was soon to sell it. Okay. And pick up a car, a two-litre, again a Triumph sports car with the top you could pull down and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh-huh. But yeah, I got my first taste of motorcycling on a 750 Triumph wow. at that time. And we'd uh, never had any rear suspension. I think there was one inch of uh, rear suspension in the <laughs> hub somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it had the sprung seats and everything. You uh-huh. and it was great. I mean, the, for a three-year-old, you can imagine... Uh, what a joy it was.
2: Was it par for the course for everybody else to have motorcycles? Uh,
0: I suppose most young Air Force officers uh, had that you know, panache or style or whatever yeah. it was and they would uh, definitely, uh, the fighter pilots would. Where hmm. would the
2: 750 Triumph be sourced from in those days?
0: I would. There were a lot of the BSAs and the Tramps and the Nortons and Ariels and, and uh, all of them were already being imported. I mean, they, all would, they had been brought in. And was in circulation. It was in circulation because this was now 63 and those bikes were initially, I think, constructed around the fi- early 50s. Right. late So, mm. the, the later ones. they were 10 years old and uh, they, they were all over. In fact, you had the Indian chiefs which eventually became the Patpadiyas in Delhi. Right. You had a whole lot of, uh, you know, machinery that came in from England. I did
2: not know that that the Indian chief became the Padpati in Delhi. Of course you did. The
0: Indian chief became the Padpati in Delhi. Yeah, they were all Indians. Mm. All right. So, they may have been sourced from some other place because uh, you could see that they had been fitted up with that uh, axle at the back, which was hollow, it never had a drive and Mm. that thing. uh, So, that was the early 60s and my, uh, so first touch with uh, two wheels and was
1: uh, when you were three year old starting with three
0: year old and by the time I was five I was pretty uh, adept at all that and <laughs> of course I um, the first time I had my cycle confiscated was when I was five confiscated uh, yes confiscated and I was barred from cycling for two weeks so uh, and you were accused of um, actually I was caught red-handed I was not accused um, I was not allowed to go beyond a kilometre outside the gate. And okay. one day I did proceed more than that kilometer and I found one road going downwards and, you know, it was really a pain pedaling all the way. So, I thought, okay, okay, let me try this road going downwards. Yeah. And uh, I took the road going down. And in those days, we never had, this, the small cycles apparently never had a free wheel. So, you couldn't kind of, right. uh, you know, right back. As in no go down go the go hill go like go that. Go so, you had to you had to pedal and soon
2: you couldn't pedal I couldn't any.
0: pedal and I couldn't keep pace with the pedals and uh, let go
2: of the pedal
0: so i placed my feet close to the handlebars right. and uh, you know where the t mm. forks out to mm. either leg mm. i put my feet there and i'm going down and i see this car ahead of me and i can't slow down i'm hitting the brakes and it won't slow down much so I, there was no choice. Either I hit the car or I overtook it. So, I overtook the car doing some crazy speed with the pedals going round and round and my feet on the on the fork and um, I went past the car and in the distance I could see that the road flattened out. So, I went past and the road did flatten out and I found myself on the tarmac of the Jodhpur airfield which was okay. a military air force airfield at that time. There were no civilian <laughs> flights coming in and… And slowly the car drew up and there was, uh, it's called Leader Preston, I think, who was the station commander who picked me up by one year and put me in the car, picked up the cycle, put it in the boot, drove me into the, uh, you know, the, where the office was and then called for my dad. So <laughs> then he told him that I was, uh, you know, I overtook him with my feet on the handlebars. Oh my God. And so, uh, that, was, that was
1: the misdemeanor. That was the
0: misdemeanor. So, and then went on to the airfield. <laughs> I, now I tried to plead again with them that, you know, that the brakes didn't hold me down. And obviously my legs couldn't keep pace with the pedals. They were pistoning up and down far faster than my legs could. So, then the cycle was confiscated for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, this,
1: that seems to have hurt you quite a bit. You seem not to at all. Re- you remember it not vividly. Not at so whenever, I've been, uh, whenever
0: I've had my two wheels, I, uh, you know, like, uh, taken away from me, whether for repair or for otherwise, oh, it was, has always… Um, uh-huh. That has stayed with you. Huh? What actually stayed with me was the fact that I could overtake a car <laughs> on, a, <laughs> on a non-motorized two-wheeler
2: <laughs>
0: at the age of five. At the age of five.
2: Biker Radio broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. So it's
1: time now to take a little detour and do my way. My way is an audio report recorded on a phone recorder by a rider on a road trip. So if you're on a road trip or you have a friend who's on one, you can give them this number, and the number is eight nine two zero two seven double six seven five. I will repeat that again: eight nine two zero two seven double six seven five. And to feature on it, just give us a call or text My Way, and we'll take it from there.
2: This time, we have Nitin and his friends who are riding out to Leh from Chandigarh, his first ride into Leh. And here he comes
3: with My Way. My Way. Hi, my name is Nitin Jaisingh Sibaj, and most of you know me as Old School Bastard on various social media platforms. I've been traveling all across India and have covered over 2.5 lakh kilometers in the last 3 years. But there is this one road that has always eluded me. This one road on which my motorcycle has never been on before. The highly acclaimed National Highway No. 1. So I'm going to Ladakh alongside 20 other fellow motorcyclists from all around the country and the plan is very simple. Enjoy the ride under the sun and camp out in the company of the stars. The chai from the dhavas will keep us going. Well, the ride begins on the 24th of June and ends on the 7th of July in Chandigarh itself. But there is a lot of excitement that awaits us in these 13 days. We cross innumerable mountain passes. We take the offbeat path to the pristine high-altitude lakes. We visit the ancient monasteries of Ladakh. We experience the optical illusion of the magnetic hills. We ride through the golden meters of Sonmarg and now the part for which I am the most excited about. We visit the extreme northernmost village of India, which is Turtuk. The ride begins from Panchkula and we enter Kashmir the very same day. We stop over in Srinagar for a few days just to soak in the experience of the valley and to witness that famous sunset over Dal Lake. From Srinagar, we pick our dominos yet again and ride to Kargil. From Kargil, when the landscape begins to change, we witness the majestic high altitude deserts of India. And you know what they say about the souls and laws of Ladakh. They transform you as a person. So, wish me luck. I'm looking forward to this ride and I'll see the entire Biker Radio community on the other side of the mountains. Cheers. For Biker Radio Roadcast, this is Nitin and this is My Way.
2: My Way. Thank you, Nathan, for My Way and have a great ride. Enjoy it. And when you get back, let's have you on the show and we'll get chatty. Right now... Listen, connect, right on.
0: Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parman, Parmar, Parman, Parmar, and you're listening to The Long Way Home. So what was and your
2: first motorcycle?
0: My first motorcycle was actually a Royal Enfield, which uh, I didn't want. Right. So while I was in college, uh, I told my dad, uh, dad, let's get a bike from mm. the canteen. He said, okay, but I'll pay only for half of it and you'll pay for the other half. Wow. Fair enough. So, I said good And I worked out my half Which was uh, quite interesting So, how do you earn money Mm. While you are in college Mm. Still attend college Mm. And uh, to earn for half a motorcycle In those days How do you do that? How do you do that? So, (laughs) the idea was given to me by a friend of mine Who came visiting from Chandigarh And he walked into my room in college and he closed the door behind him. And then he says, what's this? He turned around and there was a crayon rendition of a dirt bike out there. Half okay. on one door, half on the other door. Okay. So he says, oh, this is really good. I could draw and paint. That uh-huh. I knew from the time I'd left school only. Okay. So he said, why don't you do something like this? Why don't you make cards like this? Mm. Oh. So I made cards. Okay. I painted sets of six types of motorcycles from across the world. Uh-huh. lesser-known, Moto lavardas, Labrada's, etc., etc., handmade paper, right? watercolors. Lovely. And I sold them through a shop called Giggles. Oh, oh, really? And they went so well that I had my half. Wow. Now, the crazy part was that my dad never asked me what bike I wanted. <laughs> so, he assumed <laughs> that it had to be a thumper and the 350 Enfield was... The closest to what he thought, I mean, was going to be a 750 Triumph, so he uh-huh. he uh, booked the Enfield and uh, when we were going, and he says, uh, so we can pick it up from <clears throat> Ambala was the place that okay. time. Okay. For all the the bikes through the canteen, they were cheap. Right. And I told him, I said, what are we going to do with an Enfield? I don't want one. Huh. So he said, but I booked one. I said, anyway, chalo, let's sell it out to somebody else. Okay. So, okay. we got rid of it and then I got a ESD. Of course, I did a little bit of riding on that bike while it was still there. Okay. And then we, then I, of course, bought what I wanted, which was the ESD.
3: Uh-huh.
0: But technically speaking, the Enfield was the first
2: bike. But the ESD was the heart.
0: It was really a fairly amazing bike. Yes. And I did a lot of miles on that one, including some epic rides to Sangla for the first time Uh and uh, now we are talking about 1977-78. Okay. Okay. So those areas were not really explored by very much. And uh, to go to Poo, Spiti, Mm Kaza was uh, really difficult even in a 4x4. -hmm. And to go on these kind of bikes was... It would have been considered today that we could have made a movie. Mm -hmm. But in those days it was considered adventure.
2: Right.
0: So, we didn't have so much of social media fluff to blow out every small (laughs) thing out of proportion. I mean, today, if there's a a vlogger on the road who gets a flat, uh, it becomes into a three-episode story. story. And if his um, chai is cold, that will make one and a half episodes. So, (laughs) So, in those days, you went along. How's the lassi? You... <laughs> lassi is good. It's not bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's quite refreshing, actually. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar, 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 Parmar and you're listening to the Biker Radio Broadcast. You're
2: listening
0: to the Truckside. truck you're listening to the Biker Radio Broadcast, if you're listening to the Biker Radio Broadcast, Broadcast. <laughs> 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 If you speak mobile, pe baat ge, to baat hi Foreign, please. Okay, data. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parman. And you're listening to The Long Way Home. What did you do after college? What did I do after college?
1: So What did you do in Stephens? What, what course were you History honors.
2: Okay.
0: Though, Of course, if you go to my Facebook page, it says studied motorcycles at St.
2: Stephen's. That's exactly what I was going to
0: So, a uh, large part of St. Stephen's life was spent with... Um, there was an uh, old Sikh mechanic opposite, uh, I think, Green Park. Mm-hmm. Pritham Singh.
2: Okay. Listen. Who
0: was a wonder on Enfields. And there were a couple of friends of mine who used to... Uh, ride the Enfield. Ride the Enfield. And of course... It used to drain its battery and it always needed some adjustment or the other, and the valves and the push rods and this, that, and the other. So, by virtue of uh, having in my group of friends several Enfield owners, I used to frequently wind up at Paritam Singh's garage okay. and just watch the old guy work. And he was a maestro, huh? he was uh, retired from the army. Mm-hmm. Where you add all the infields for the DRS, the dispatch riders, and right. so he, he really had, uh, he had the touch. Mm. So I think half my time I spent with Pritham Singh in his garage there. And mm. the other half was spent uh, studying history in St. Stevens. So, so
1: I didn't know Stephen
0: had a branch in Green Park.
1: that's
0: something. <laughs> that <laughs> they, can just they, can <laughs> they can consider it. consider <laughs> it. I I think they should because uh, the art of uh, motorcycle maintenance. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was a lot of stuff. A uh, lot of stuff was basically because of what you needed to know. <coughs> and the motorcycles in those days were were such that, uh, you know, if you lived in Simla, once you crossed Hyog, mm-hmm. there was no fuel, there was no tyre repair, there was nothing. So, you you fixed all these things yourself. Mm-hmm. You and to. Uh, you knew exactly what to do. You... You knew how to operate that ninety-degree screwdriver that came with the ESD mm-hmm. to open the side tapas mm-hmm. as they were called, so right. you could get to the points which constantly needed to be reset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, over a period of time, all of us became mechanics.
2: Mm. Right.
0: So initially, once I left JNU, uh, where I studied sociology, and
1: after, uh, after you finished history, history
0: honors, yeah. Okay. Uh, <coughs> As trivia, I talked my college, by the way. So the that is... Sociology? Uh, no, in history. Okay. I taught Delhi University. Doesn't surprise us. And I was offered, which I thought at that time was the biggest mistake I made subsequently. I was offered the in scholarship, which I did not take to Cambridge. Um. Because they said, uh, you'll have to continue with history. And of course, we had such a narrow vision of education at that time even, mm-hmm. that I never realized that I could have gone to England and done anything there right. and not continued with history only right. and even if I did history there it had such a wider scope right. that it covered everything right. history of motorcycles so I actually declined that course mm-hmm. and the guy who came fourth in class eventually took it up Wow! and uh, when I first went and saw Cambridge mm. I definitely had a rethink on it but then I saw some stuffy old guys walking around with strange hats Mm. And I said that uh, if, <laughs> if I was going to be here, <laughs> then I don't think that uh, I would have had calluses on my hands today. Um, right. So so it was not, it was just a thought.
2: The Biker Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on.
0: So that's how the education went. And then I returned to Simla and uh, my dad started a fruit processing unit.
1: Okay. Okay. After he took retirement. (laughs) Yeah,
0: after he took retirement. He did a lot of stuff. And uh, he was a fabulous fighter pilot and a gunnery expert, but he was a useless businessman. Right. And uh, eventually my internships with him Uh turned me into a useless businessman as well. He was successful in training me perfectly there. Okay. Okay. So, after about... (laughs) (laughs) about Something to thank him for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) absolutely, (laughs) Absolutely. Because... See, whatever you do, huh. whatever you do, huh. eventually holds you in good stead. There are lots of people Absolutely. who say, I wasted 10 years of my life and you know it didn't work out. But right. everything you learned along yeah. the way Absolute. has uh, has worked out. Yeah. And my dad used to say that you should try every restaurant. He was a great uh, fan of chicken uh-huh. as we all are now. Uh-huh. And of course, I can give you my version of uh, what I think of vegetarians, etc. But maybe later in the... <laughs> in the so actually the vegetarians are equally violent they are not uh, as pacifist as you think correct yes that is true so absolutely and my favorite fight with them is that in the old days of course we used to since I was born and brought up with the Rajput family mm-hmm. so part of the tradition used to go to shoot partridge and wild boar and, right. and shikar and you know yeah. all those things that were there in the old days mm-hmm. which are frowned down upon now yeah. So my take on it was, of course, you may edit this after mm. I say it, but mm. my take on it was quite simple. Mm. Global warming is like the major issue now. Mm. And how did it happen? You cut down the forests. Mm. So what did you cut down the forests for? Mm. To grow vegetables, mm. fruit, mm. things like that. All fine in their own place. Mm. But earlier when the forests were there. Mm. The wild boar was in it. Yeah. So, all you had to do was… So, you you hunted it down and you took your chances. Mm. And it was a 50% chance. Either the wild boar won or you won. If Mm. the wild boar won, you lost a leg. Mm. If the wild boar lost, then you uh, had… Dinner. Bacon. Right. So, at least to give the guy a chance. Mm. Now, when the guy approaches the cauliflower Mm. with the paring knife… Mm. the cauliflower has no chance, I told you so <laughs> so firstly you it you are responsible me. for global warming, yeah then you're responsible for uh, you know stopping uh, you know saying that we should not cull wild animals right
2: because there's but, life in it, there's life in it, yeah. I, this this conversation can go till the <laughs> till the cows come home. Yeah, 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 the cows, till yeah. the cows come home, yeah, literally. Or the wild boar, actually. Or the wild yeah. boar. The
0: wild boar is uh, see <laughs> the cow is fine, but the wild boar is definitely you know a rung well two rungs above on that front. So one learned how to shoot a shotgun. One learned how to look after the weapons and mm-hmm. today when somebody knocks on your door and he's armed and you're a soft target. Mm-hmm. So, till yet, we can deal with that one.
2: Mm-hmm. You flash our Aadhaar card, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Next time somebody does that, That's what me exactly. I'm a citizen, get the hell out of here. <laughs> 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 so that'll go, well. <laughs> that'll, go <awesome. laughs> that'll go well. That'll go
0: that'll well. <laughs> that so, yeah. so 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 all so all of these things point towards you know the point of eventually, <laughs> if you start riding motorcycles and if you are willing to, uh, on a normally a daily basis to put your uh, you know life and limb on the line for the joy of it. Yeah. So then all these inputs I suppose add the little to a bit, and finally you get the. So
2: you're working for Daddy.
0: Well, we had a partnership concern uh, in which I was the major partner.
2: Okay. Which and
0: went into a complete and total spiral downwards. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had to shut it. Okay. The fruit factory. Yeah. The fruit processing. And also, I uh, asked myself on several occasions when various fat ladies. Uh, pointed out that the juice this time was more khatta than it was last time. Mm. And I looked at myself and I said, is this what you're going to do for the rest of your life? And the answer was pretty much clear, no, Mm. it's not. So, in 86, around 86 uh, was the first time that I attended the Himalayan Rally.
2: That's 26 years old?
0: Yeah, as a marshal. You attended it as a marshal? As a marshal.
2: The Biker radio broadcast. Listen, connect, ride on. Uh, okay. okay, so this is the first time we've never done this on biker radio broadcast. On the biker radio soundboard, we are featuring for the first time a motorcycle. And, and the motorcycle
1: that we've picked on is a Triumph Tiger 800 series. And if you want to know why the Triumph, is because we realized while speaking to Vijay that the Triumph features so prominently in his motorcycling years yeah. that it was just appropriate to do that. Yeah. So what we did was we actually connected with Triumph yeah. and they were gracious enough to let us into the Tiger's yeah. Right. So we have Puneet Singh Banga on the Biker Radio soundboard telling us about the
4: Triumph Tiger
1: 800 series. Biker Radio.
4: Sound Hi, this is Puneet Singh Banga. Today I'm on the Biker Radio Soundboard, taking you through the new Triumph Tiger 800s. So it's a liquid-cooled 12-valve dd inline-3 cylinder. See, so Triumph boasts about a triple. Triples are our strength, our core at our foundation of all, our majority of our motorcycles. It's the 800cc with a maximum power of 95 PS, which is approximately 94 BHP. And at maximum torque of 79 and 8000 RPM, approximately. But more importantly, the torque distribution is what the key, you know, is here in the engine. It is absolutely flat throughout the rev range. Well, we have three variants in India in the 800cc. One is the Tiger uh, 800XR. Second is the XRX. These are both road variants. And we have the off-road variant in the XCX. So basically, we have three variants under 800cc. There's a bigger cat also, which is a 1200cc XCX. You know, the amount of research and development we do in making a product, it's its insane. I mean, the testing, the physical assault the bike has to go through, you know, before it is uh, declared roadworthy. I mean, one has to see it to believe it. So because of, I know all that, I can say completely with faith that this bike is made like a tank and uh, can handle anything. Second thing, obviously, would be the triple engine, which I think uh, brilliantly uh, places the talk. Uh, and the power across uh, the various leverage for the rider and the third thing I would perhaps say the other suspensions particularly talking point of view from off-road use the suspension makes it really worthwhile it's a safe, sturdy and solid bike the bike has been priced at 11,76,000 for the Tiger XR and it goes up to uh, for the XCX goes up to 1376 at showroom Pan India so basically at this price uh, I suggest you go get the bike get some training from us also and go have fun
3: biker radio soundboard. soundboard
1: every year triumph does what is called the triumph tiger trail right. which actually starts from simla goes from sangla up to tabo and back from kaza
2: back into manali
1: and that's something that you can look forward to.
2: And Vijay Parmar is go- going to be heading that trail this time. Right. That is going to be awesome. And if you want to join the Tiger Safari with us, just join in. 89202-76675. Phone Corona, Yar. And if Triumph has got something new, if there's a new tiger in the jungle, there is something that we also have new. Q Cover? Sanao. Sanao. Google Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Google Baba. Finally, the Android world, which is 83% of the OS around the world, has finally got a podcast app. So guys, listen, simple. Let's do this right now. Google Play Store, just download the Google app. It's called Google Podcast. It'll make life easy. You can listen to Biker Radio broadcast before you can spell Google.
1: So from day one, the Biker Radio broadcast has been available on the apple phones because inbuilt into your apple ios is an app which is called the podcast app so if you want to listen to the biker radio broadcast on your apple phone just search for biker radio broadcast on the
2: podcast app but time now to get back onto the long way home and here is vijay parmar hi
0: i'm vijay Parmar, Parmar,
2: parmar and you're listening to the long way home and what rally was this sorry we we completely unaware of this so we don't know what this is the himalayan rally
0: if you are un- unaware of yeah you know nothing about motorsport in india yeah we don't know
2: anything about motorsport
0: it was started by nazir hussain as you know okay and uh, the first one started in 1981 mm-hmm. okay or uh, from bombay okay and it was called the himalayan rally because it was going to reach Nandital or something like that okay that was so, so
2: from bombay from bombay
0: and uh, George Fernandez had his protests along the way, and uh, why was he wa-
2: protesting? He protested
0: in, against everything, including coke. So right. So so this was a rich man's sport. It was cutting across India. Was, they were bringing foreigners. They were driving uh, you know cars madly across the hinterland. It was going to cost the government a lot of money, etc., etc.,
2: etc., whatever it was propagating past chattil. western values western values like
0: was he protesting against that as a socialist obviously if he was uh, in kurta pajama he should have been protesting against that okay. so, so what what is your attire in JNU my attire in JNU was probably exactly what you see now it was a pair of jeans it was a pair of uh, cats and it was a t-shirt and uh, I was not uh, really very uh, with the Jhula kurta no you weren't and the Kola puri chappal and all that no, you weren't. So, uh, okay. JNU, I was clearly uh, branded as a, you know, with capitalist leanings,
1: uh-huh.
0: which today in Punjabi you can say in different ways. Uh, you have like, like more like like the BCMC routine. Okay. So, in JNU, they used to call you a capitalist. That was worse than, you know,
1: oh. being a... BC or
3: an MC. <laughs> oh. Yes, yes. <laughs>
2: okay. okay. So... <coughs> Nazir... N- N- Nazir 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 Hussain Nazir Hussain. So he, he started this in 81 He in yeah.
0: fact was one of India's earliest rallies Okay In 1970s he had rallied from uh, Iran hmm. Hmm. He went abroad to rally Iran okay. to India Okay And being Parsi
2: huh.
0: He ah. uh, Sorry he was a Khwaja Muslim He was not Parsi But he was okay. surrounded by Bawas Bawas Yeah Okay I suspect his wife was one too Yeah uh, but not sure. Anyway, so in those days, the adventurers were the Baba's of Bombay. True. And they went across the world mm-hmm. yeah, doing all sorts of weird stuff, uh, riding scooters to Singapore and, oh, yeah. and going in double-decker buses from Delhi, cannot Place to London oh. for the princely sum of, I think, 30 pounds you could get a, a ride mm-hmm. so the himalayan rally was the first uh, iconic rally in india mm-hmm. really and it ran for 10 years it died in uh, 1990 okay and it was you you drove in all manner of machines mainly fiats and ambassadors and jeeps Till about '86, when the Gypsies initially started coming in, okay. and then of course wiped everything else out. Mm-hmm. So in '86, I was on a marshaling table on the banks of the Satluj at Luri. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Luri bridge is a right angle uh-huh. to the road, uh-huh. and we heard the Group B rally cars come in. The Group B rally car was eventually banned because it made too much of power. Okay. okay. So we are sitting at the table, my sister and me. It's already night, we only have a lantern and we see the lights in those days cutting across the mountain and you can hear it from miles miles and miles away and uh, when it finally came to the table, the guy was doing about 85 kmph, mm-hmm. the road was mm-hmm. as narrow as the car with a straight drop into the satlej which he fortunately couldn't see. Mm -hmm. And he came sliding sideways to the table, stopped there, the window went down, arm came out with the time card. Mm -hmm. We wrote the time down, arm went back and he Mm. blitzed through the whole thing and you could hear the rally cars come. So the first 15 cars were all Group B rally cars from across the world, mainly Europe. Okay. So you had Opel Mantas and you had the 240 RS Fords and uh, you had amazing machines. You had Sabs, and you had, you know, fabulous cars from all over the world, the Nissan, mm-hmm. the Nissan 240 RS. Wow. So it was world-class rallying. And uh, there was no restriction on decibels in those days. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that was the first time that I actually felt the hair stand up on my arms and neck and I knew that this is what I'm going to do.
2: You figured it out in a flash.
0: That's it. how did you
1: get through that table I mean there must have been something that triggered you said or an opportunity that this came yeah the the guy who
0: was in charge of Himachal leg was an uncle of mine and he was looking for volunteers okay and uh, so I think there Sanar played a good role because I mean we'd always sign up for anything that was outdoors and crazy Uh and this had to I mean like if you're a boy at that time yeah. Or a young man yeah. It's got to do with rally cars yeah. It's got to do with staying out all night oh, yeah. And is it's got to be road. at the foot of Jalori Bas I mean how can you say no to that right. So it was uh, pretty much straightforward um, and we your signed. Sister, out. And your sister was with you She was also at Sanaa so I think they made a man out of her also
1: <laughs> So, so we, we should talk to her right
0: Yeah we would yeah, Definitely, definitely talk to her yeah. so
1: She was sitting at the table With him
0: Yes Absolutely
1: Handing out those time cards Yep Under the lantern
2: The Biker Radio Broadcast Listen Connect Ride on
0: So so then uh, We In 88 Yeah Two years later I was at the wheel of a Mazda truck yeah. On a rally that was Three times as long as the Himalayan rally Called the Great Desert Himalaya Also begun by him Yes A okay. marathon rally like the Dakar uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, started Delhi, went through Rajasthan, went up Jodhpur, uh, Barmer, Jaisalmer, and uh, through the sands. Mm. The driving a uh, two-wheel drive truck is not fun in sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we went up through UP, which was basically Deradun, the cobbet area, mm-hmm.
3: okay. the right.
0: finally up to Simla, okay. from Simlao with the Jalori Pass into Manali. Okay. From Manali to Leh, from Leh to Shirinagar. It was the most amazing rally that I have been on. Uh, Even more amazing than the one we do at times, I think. So, 88, I was on the truck Hmm. and I spent four days shoveling the damn thing out of sand where it would get stuck. Obviously, doing a two-wheel drive, it will get stuck everywhere. everywhere. But we shoveled it through the desert Mm-hmm. and I swore the next year I was never going to come back in a truck and next year I was back on a motorcycle mm-hmm. so and it kind of made sense completely and, but yeah but then in those days we never had the bigger motorcycles we had a 100cc and I had a KB 100 modified for the whole job okay, okay. and you were going to do this entire rally with 200 km sand stages which are not even there on the or oh, they are the just back. about there on the desert storm today okay. the Dakar of course has 400 kilometer stages in sand right So they uh, for a hundred cc bike to to fly over two hundred kilometers of sand in a day. You need a priest. Yeah, more than that, you need an entire congregation and a church. Yeah. So we actually did the rally, Uh and of sixty-four starters, four guys technically finished. (laughs) It was that difficult and i was happily the fourth wow totally. so wow so it was uh, even in the in the truck category we finished fourth the previous year so it was fourth again this year but who, this one i came think first? was
1: uh, who came first
0: uh, nikhil Taneja's younger brother rahul taneja okay. mm. nikhil taneja was india's star rallyist at that time young yes, uh, mm. nikhil so his younger brother came first mm. okay. they were supported by uh, team Yum, uh, TBS, I think, okay. at uh-huh. that time. And uh, the guy who came in second was also a very famous motorcyclist, Shashigarcha. Uh-huh. Third was Chinappa, uh-huh. mm-hmm. hugely famous from the south. Mm-hmm. Okay? The fourth was me. Mm-hmm. And everybody else came fifth. So,
2: so, it was the boxer in you that took you there?
0: I think more than that, yeah, it was... Uh, That was pure sonar because I uh, went over a dune at about 30 kilometers into the stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was quite shallow on the side that I climbed up, but it was almost vertical on the other side. So I flew off the top, landed on the front wheel, flipped the bike. And the rear wheel came down so hard on the chassis that it punctured, it blew the tube. So there I am stuck in a hole in the sand with a rear flat, mm. completely half-concussed mm-hmm. from the fall. Mm. And uh, eventually it was to work out for the better because because of the flat, I was able to get out of that hole. Mm. But another 30 kilometers down the road... Mm. See, in any case, when you're riding in sand, the rear is going from left to right, mm-hmm. as if you are running a flat. Right. So this by running really a flat run. at the back, it wasn't any different. And I had this huge Michelin Nobby Tire, a T-7, T-66, I think, okay. which uh, just... It was running at maybe four pounds of pressure or something, whatever the sidewalls could generate. Mm -hmm. And it was like a trials bike. It was flying through the sand. Right. So, in 30 kilometers, uh, I actually overtook four guys Mm -hmm. with a rear flat. And then came the small dunes. And when I tried to climb the dunes, the tire had heated up by then. The bead was slippery. Each time I try and climb the dune, it would, the wheel would start spinning Spinning inside inside the tire. Mm -hmm. So, I'd come to a halt then I'd have to get off and run up. Oh god. And after about the fourth dune, I completely ran out of energy, mm-hmm. which is a perfectly normal thing to do, mm-hmm. however fit you might be. Right. So, <coughs> in those days, we had the replacement clutch wire inners, mm. okay, which were like in the scooters you have today. Yeah. And at the end of it all used to be a little locking mm-hmm. device called yeah. a makhi. Uh-huh. Mm. So, armed with spare wires and makhis, So, what I did was I wrapped the wire around the spokes and the tire and it sat in the knobs quite well. All right. So, it was fairly tight and then I locked it with the makhi at the end and then proceeded to do the balance 100 kilometers Hmm. without a problem.
2: Wow. So… What a story.
0: At the end of that run, four guys cleared it and nobody else did. Hmm. So, they all then peeled off from along wherever tarmac roads were crossing the competitive stage yes. they took it the tarmac it, yeah, it was beginner to Suraj Kund I remember uh-huh. and uh, that's it there were just four guys who cleared it so the, technically the other guys were disqualified and then Nazir Hussein requested that since the entire you know group of guys would now be reduced to four guys mm-hmm. we said okay let the other guys start But give them penalties For missing the You know The time controls Which they had to cross compulsorily, Mm -hmm. And so uh, That's what they did They were allowed To continue But they they were were then like You know like 18 hours behind The fourth guy And things like that And Technically they were Not finishers Okay So are we done? Uh, No. No
2: The Biker Radio Broadcast Listen Connect right on are we done are you kidding we had so many questions for Vijay Parmar that it could go on and on and on and on but we knew he had to hit the road uh, so so what we did was we went ahead and interviewed him a little more and uh, you know we got two hours we've got lots of it coming up but that's in the next episode so you'll have to wait a little bit to get the rest of the interview and we promise you It'll be a whopper of an episode. So There's more of it where it came from. You want to listen to some of the questions? Yeah, please. Can I ask you a question? It's a little tricky. So who was with you on the beetle? Where do you meet her? What'd she say? So it's the green thing that's troubling it. It's a little Hi. bit of dandy, in you, Isn't it waiting to happen? What do you think about motorcycling going forward? Are you happy with her? Why shouldn't you have Hi. WhatsApp? Hi, I'm uh,
0: Vijay Parman. Parman, Parman. And you're listening to the... Biker radio broadcast.
1: So next week we have uh, something on his friends
2: and family. Yeah, we've got tons and tons more. I mean, tune in next episode and you'll get dollops and dollops and dollops more of Vijay Palmar. So next week we are talking about the Raid the Himalayas, twenty years of Raid the Himalayas. You'll be listening to a lot of that,
1: and uh, you'll be listening to
2: his favorite ride about his friends and family. And the epic Desert Storm battle at the age of 53 against this guy from Delhi. That is an amazing story. I mean, just wait for it. And also when he took a Volkswagen Beetle all the way into Ladakh. But before we do that, one last thing. Download the Google Podcast app. Biker Radio Broadcast is now available even on the Google Podcast app. Just search for Biker Radio Broadcast. Subscribe. That's it. Show some up. Show some up.
0: without this seemingly impossible challenge. We are nothing at all. So if we are not challenged, we cannot grow bigger than ourselves.